football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Well, welcome in, welcome in, and wow, I'm still trying to recover from that phenomenal college football playoff championship game back on Monday night as the Clemson Tigers defeat, dethrone the Alabama Crimson Tide with a victory 35-31 that we'll be talking about for years and years and maybe even for decades in college football circles as Deshaun Watson through the game-winning touchdown pass, he's the hero. Clemson, the winner, and we are we are back. The college football season now done, but we are we are just beginning in January with the postseason on Three Dog Thursday. I am your host, T.J. Reeves. He is senior handicapper and writer, VegasInsider.com. Kevin Rogers. Okay, uh, good to be back with you. And uh, there were no underdogs that came through on Saturday or Sunday in the NFL, but both of us believed in Clemson. I didn't believe they were going to win, but I believe they would keep it close enough. I thought it was like a field goal game. And they come back and they get the outright victory. So we believed in Clemson. We get a three-dog Thursday victory out of the Clemson Tigers. Your thoughts, my friend, as we begin on that thrilling championship game Monday night? Well, I didn't feel too good when it was 14 up in Alabama right out of the shoot. And I True. thought, oh, wow. You know, the public underdog Clemson, you know, like we talked about last week, that Clemson that they had hung with Alabama last year, they were right there. They got the, they got the backdoor cover at the end that they had confidence going into this game. And right out of the gate, Alabama stepped up. They were 14 up. And frankly, I didn't like the roughing the passer call on Hurts when the Clemson defender tip the ball and hit his face mask. That's not roughing the passer. That's touching his face mask. That's like, I think that's another conversation for another day, but I cannot stand that rule. That's not roughing the passer. That's touching him. They should change the interpretation of touching the passer, not roughing. But anyway, <laughs> and that helped lead to Alabama's first touchdown. They go 14 nothing. You kind of think, wow, Clemson doesn't look that good. But they hung around, and it, it, just, go to sh- it just went to show that the Alabama offense wasn't really that great that their defense, we know how great their defense is, but their offense just couldn't put Clemson away, and Clemson was hanging around, and you have talent on both sides of the ball with Clemson, obviously a much better quarterback or a more established quarterback than Deshaun Watson, and a couple of the receivers had stepped up for Clemson, but for them just to hang, and then when he got to the fourth quarter, once they took the first lead, if you had Clemson in the points, you knew you were good. Like, you knew you were set. Even though Alabama went down and took the lead after that, you were still fine because it wasn't going to be a pick six or a fumble recovery by Alabama going back. So I think at that point you kind of felt really good about yourself. If you had the money line, obviously you had to wait till the end until that last catch. But as far as taking the points, though, once you got that lead in the fourth quarter the first time, you felt pretty good about it. Yeah, no doubt uh, about that. And, and you can't say enough about Deshaun Watson. Again, I had the privilege of covering this game and being in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa for TuneIn and their national digital coverage. Uh, uh, Kevin, it's not an exaggeration. I mean, I, I have been at some of these huge events and uh, that side of the stadium, the near side of the stadium, the West Stands, all Clemson fans, uh, the Clemson bench was the near side on TV. It was shaking, not violently, but it was shaking the ground below your feet when they got that touchdown. A, a couple of times it was shaking down the stretch of that game with some big plays by Clemson. So 
it is uh, it's wild that they come back and get the win. There were five touchdowns scored in the last 17 minutes of the game. Three lead changes in the last five minutes of the game. Just a thrilling way to end the college football season. I'll put this to you. I've been talking to others. I want your opinion. Vince Young fourth down run to beat USC with Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush in the Rose Bowl is in this category. Maybe Ohio State Miami 2002 Fiesta Bowl double overtime. Uh, this is arguably in the modern era of college football the greatest finish in a championship game we've seen, including with a win with one second left on the winning touchdown by Clemson. What are your thoughts on how it compares to others? That's a pretty fair statement. I mean, the USC-Texas finish was that game, I think about it more of Vince Young and the, and the individual performance. I've never seen anything like that before. I put his individual performance higher than, I guess, the ending to that game, if that makes any sense. And obviously Miami-Ohio State just had more controversy. That This game really didn't have the controversial part of it towards the end, but the back and forth where Clemson took the lead and then when Jalen Hurts broke away for that run, you said, oh, great. Like, Alabama's going to win again, and Clemson, it's going to be hard for them to go down the field. But, you know, to have three straight uh, possessions in which the lead changed hands and Alabama going for their sixth title, you know, for Nick Saban, that was really, uh, you know, very dramatic. And it's good to see after the bad first half, when I say bad, I mean, I guess not non-entertaining first half is, is fair to say, because we put so high expectations on these games, on these on these championship games. Not like a not like NBA where it's best of seven or baseball. In, in football, where the Super Bowl has to be great, the championship in college football has to be great. It's the final game of the season. We don't want a bad game. You're the two best teams, and it turned out to work out. And I don't know if you get the same thing if it was Alabama, Ohio State. We don't know that. We don't know if it was Michigan in this game, if it would have been better. We don't know. But for this, you can't really top it. Yeah, no doubt. Voice of Kevin Rogers, TJ Reeves with you. It's Three Dog Thursday. We'll get to underdog predictions on the divisional round of the NFL playoffs in a moment. We're spending just a couple more minutes on the capper to the college football season as the Clemson Tigers have knocked off uh, Alabama in dramatic fashion. Uh, again, with the Vince Young-Texas comeback, they were down by two scores and scored twice late in the game, including Young's run. And USD, USC still had a chance to go down and get a touchdown themselves at the end of that game. And remember, Texas stopped Matt Leinart and company on downs with the clock running out uh, at midfield. So, uh, But still, no less dramatic. And the other thing is, Kevin, they've made two documentaries now, a decade later, about that game on the NFL Network and on ESPN. That's how you know it's a big game, when they, when they make an individual documentary on big-time sports cable about the game. And I think there will eventually be a documentary about this game. Uh, and you want the Nick Saban win stat uh, when they get up by double figures. Had you heard this one? I found this one out in the aftermath of the game. Saban went up by double figures at Alabama in the fourth quarter, either going to the fourth quarter or in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure specifically. Let's just say in the fourth quarter, up by double figures. Any guess? Any guess what the record is, Kevin Rogers, if you don't know it? It was amazing when I heard this number. It was like 96-1 and one or something. It's 97-0. and 0. You were close enough. He had been 97-0, okay. and 0 and he's now 97-1. and 1. You're exactly right. Okay. That is incredible that they don't blow leads with their defense. It just shows you how amazing this was uh, for Deshaun Watson and company and a punctuation mark 
on his career, on his legacy. One more, do you buy that this was better for college football that Alabama won it as opposed to everybody rolling their eyes? I'm sorry, that Clemson won it as opposed to Alabama winning it and everybody rolling their eyes? The fact that someone knocked them off makes it better for college football 27, 20, 2017, 2018, that, oh, here we go again, Alabama's the favorite, they're the two-time champ. Is it better? Absolutely. There, there's no questioning it. That whenever the champion loses like that, I mean, you saw it in the NBA with Golden State uh, with the with the best record in the NBA, and they blew a three one lead to Cleveland. How how much interest there was going into this season, where one of the best players in the sport decided to go to that team to help them win with Kevin Durant. That you know you had, and obviously we're not going to see that type of movement in college football, but it is good because Alabama is always the standard. And you question, oh, Clemson, after last year, they had some close wins this year. Did they deserve it? Yeah, they, they deserve to win this championship. And also, from another standpoint, is we need to get off the SEC is the greatest conference ever. Nobody can touch them ever, the SEC and everyone else. It's not the case anymore. Alabama's great, but the SEC isn't great anymore. Alabama carries them. And you look at what the ACC did in this bowl season with what, Clemson did, beating yeah. Ohio State and Bama. Florida State beating Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Uh, we saw you know, other schools like North Carolina, Miami that all played well. Louisville was kind of the only team that put up a dud over the final like three or four weeks of the season. But, besides, but they had the Heisman Trophy winner. But besides that, the ACC is coming up in the ranks. Even the Big Ten, who struggled in the bowls, they came close. You know, a couple games could have gone their way with Michigan and Penn State that – there are other conferences, other teams that are relevant. There are other teams that have opportunities to win, and we need to stop with this. Well, the SEC is the most special thing ever, and everybody else isn't that good because that's not the case anymore. Uh, Clemson beat three SEC teams, Auburn at the beginning of the year, South Carolina the rival at the end of the year. They win the title game over an SEC team. You know this. You're a null. Florida State beat two SEC teams, beat a Big Ten team in the Orange Bowl. So, yeah, the ACC flexed its muscle for sure in uh, in 2016 and the 2017 bowl season and again congrats to the clemson tigers we'll be talking about that game for decades that's for sure and you and i both had them on three dog thursday taking the six and a half over nick saban's alabama crimson tide with jalen hurts and company they'll be back next year that's the other thing uh that i've been talking to people about for the last couple of days alabama allegedly signing day and i don't get into signing day in in college uh recruiting uh, very much at all, but everybody that I hear and and hear talking about this and inquire about <laughs> says Alabama unanimously has the top recruiting class in the country coming in again for 2017 recruiting in February. So they're not hurting anytime soon. We know we know that they'll be good. We'll see how that goes. Okay, so on to the business at hand. This show is about predicting underdogs like Clemson was. It's rather obvious we go for three of them, looking for them to simply cover, maybe outright win if we specify that, Kevin and I. We've got, let's see, wait a minute, one, two, three, four NFL games. Simple math tells me you and I have got to get uh, our act together and predict a lot of underdogs in the National Football League in just four games for this weekend. Um, all right, so Saturday we've got a couple of uh, different matchups. Uh, one in Seattle and Atlanta that is the early game that is uh, allegedly, according to the Vegas Insider line, a very competitive game, a very close game. And the other one is one of the historic largest lines that we've seen with the New England Patriots uh, favored by a truckload of almost 17 points 
on the Vegas Insider Line against the Houston Texans. So, Kevin, where do you want to begin for Three Dog Thursday on the Saturday divisional round? Go ahead. Oh, by the way, just to correct you on one thing, we don't need to shape up. The underdogs need to shape up. Yes. We were fine. Yeah, I think you and I we, have good we, information, Bart. But good good gracious. I mean, you you and I both were going with various teams, and none of the, the fourth quarters were even really in doubt or had drama in the NFL last week. I think that'll change, though, for this week. So there we go. So underdogs, NFL divisional round Saturday. Which one do you like first? I know it's ugly, and, I, and I've told you before, you don't take teams, underdogs, unless you think they can win. However, I'm, I'm putting that aside for this one, and obviously out of the two, you know what I'm going with is with the Houston Texans, that they're getting 15.5 points against New England. A couple things on this. Number one, the first time they played was back in week three at, at Foxborough. Tom Brady didn't play with Jacoby Brissett. Patriots were a pick in that game. And New England shut them out twenty-seven to nothing. All right, fine. Now you got Brady. Obviously, Brady. You know, Brady's not a sixteen-point difference from uh, you know him to Brissett. But no Gronkowski. And you know, for New England to lay this many points, Houston felt pretty good defensively. And the first time around, again, no Brady, but still, Houston held New England to under three hundred yards. What happened was the Texans had turnovers. They gave New England short fields. Houston had long fields that whole night and just couldn't get anything going in just a straight-up pick spot. Now you're going to get over two touchdowns in this game where I understand Houston beat an Oakland team that was decimated. They had a new quarterback. They had no shot. But the Texans, though, this year, if they could find a way for Brock Osweiler not to make mistakes, and I, I, think, I feel like I said that the first time around these teams played, that if he doesn't make mistakes, they have a chance. If that's the case this time around where the defense is still pretty good, we know New England's track record. But for you to get this many points in a playoff game where Houston didn't come up with a dramatic win last week, there's actually that kind of letdown because they kind of cruised along. I think Houston's got a shot to at least hang in this game. You know, if you can get this 27-13, that'd be great. Uh, and that's not really asking a lot from them. They've got to score a little bit uh, in this game. But I still think that it's just way too many points to, to lay with New England. Yeah, the defense is good. And so that gives them hope. At the time we are taping Three Dog Thursday for this week, it's not definitive whether Tom Savage uh, will play. He's out of the concussion protocol that kept him out of the wild card game with the Raiders. And we just need to be specific about this because, again, I work an NFL broadcast with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just because you're out of the protocol and just because you're at practice doesn't mean you are cleared for the next phase, which is being ready to take live contact. That is still up to the NFL and the Texans team doctors to evaluate Tom Savage, and that may come later in the week. I'll I'll, uh, phrase it like this. Do you believe if Savage is cleared, it is 100% that he is the starter Saturday night against New England, or might Bill O'Brien go in with Osweiler to start with the understanding it's a quick hook again to Savage if Osweiler is not good? What's your thought real quick, Kevin, on that? I have Osweiler starting to have him play unless he gets hurt. Unless Osweiler is horrible, I think you got to play him. I mean, he, he already played last week. They won. Granted, the numbers weren't great. He still had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. Why are you going to switch again? I don't, okay. I don't get it where, you know, it's one thing if it's like, oh, well, Tom Brady's waiting in the background. We've got to wait for the concussion <laughs> protocol to clear. So well, there is, like, there, like, is a, there is a Tom in the background. It just ain't Tom Brady, right? It's Tom right. Savage. <laughs> exactly. I just don't like, like, we're waiting for Tom Savage to get cleared. Like, that's, 
Like, I mean, come on. Like, he's got he's to let Osweiler be the guy. Osweiler, I mean, has played the whole year. He played with the Broncos. He beat the Patriots last year as a member of the Broncos on that Sunday night game in Denver. Like, you just got to let him be the guy unless he gets hurt or is terrible you got to ride it out with him. All right. You know what? You've talked me into enough here with this that the Texans can keep it close because everybody believes this is Patriot blowout. LeGarrette Blunt will run all over him. But, again, Houston's run defense is good. I, I'm going to side with you on Houston Texans, and I will take those 16.5 points on the Vegas insider line. Again, still trying to figure out uh, the quarterback situation there. So I agree with you for Three Dog Thursday purposes on that one, that Houston may be able just to keep it close. Uh, neither one of us are saying that New England isn't going to win by 10. We just don't think it's going to be by 17 for Three Dog Thursday purposes. I will take the Seattle Seahawks in the game earlier in the day, uh, Kevin Rogers, the rematch game of a regular season, tremendous 26-24 game that Atlanta was winning for a lot of the game early in the year against the Seahawks in Seattle. Matt Ryan had lit them up and uh, and yet Russell Wilson brought the Seahawks back with a couple of big plays and touchdowns. And then there was the controversial no call on the fourth down and the pass interference that was on Richard Sherman. They didn't call it. It killed the Falcons' opportunity to go get a field goal and win the game. Seattle gets the win. Seattle wins in the playoffs last week. Seahawks go into the Georgia Dome. Remember a year ago, they were the team out in the freezing cold at Minnesota at the outdoor Gophers football stadium that won when, when Minnesota missed the field goal, shanked the field goal. And, and the, the Seahawks just seem to come up with some magic, some mojo. I think they can and, and may very well upset the Falcons here. I am going to take those five points with Russell Wilson and those receivers. I think they'll be opportunistic enough on defense. I like Seattle for three dog Thursday. Kevin Rogers, what do you think? I kind of side with Atlanta. I mean, you know, Matt Ryan doesn't have a great playoff record. We know Russell Wilson's success in the playoffs. That, that's, you know, that, that's out there. But, uh, you know, I just look at uh, Atlanta, just what they have from an offensive standpoint, that this isn't what Detroit brought last week, where Stafford was hurt and the Lions' offense was a little bit shaky. They didn't have much of a running game. The Falcons have a good running game with Kevin Coleman, with Devontae Freeman. You see what Julio Jones can do. They're playing on the turf at the Georgia Dome. I, I just look at Atlanta, and, and you mentioned the game in Seattle before. If they have confidence they could beat the uh, the Seahawks. I, I think that Atlanta here, that they'll they'll end up beating Seattle. I mean, that's – and I understand this is three-dog Thursday. Yep. I just – I don't have the faith in Seattle. I don't. You know, and again, it's not the going cross-country things. That's all overrated. These guys are adults. They'll be fine. But I think just the different atmosphere there, not having the 12th man – this could be Matt Ryan's time to shine. It really could. That uh, he needs this to beat Seattle to help himself. And again, if he lost the NFC Championship, wouldn't help. But if he can win two games, this could really kind of propel him and, and not be just like a fantasy quarterback. Well, again, they have earned the home game. Seattle uh, in the road playoffs after that Minnesota game last year got destroyed at Carolina. Remember, they fell behind 24 nothing a year ago, never recovered in that game. Let's see how they do on the road in this particular matchup uh, that is upcoming on a Saturday. I, again, I like the Seahawks. Kevin disagrees a bit. It is Three Dog Thursday. Kevin, stand by. We've got the two Sunday divisional round playoff games with more underdogs. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers will discuss those as the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs continues. It is Three Dog Thursday. Stay with us. 
Golfers, the holidays are coming up, and if you're looking for a great gift for you or someone you know who loves golf and golf apparel, have we got a deal for you. You need to check out the brand names and how it will all be delivered to your doorstep through the website shortpar4.com. Who likes going to the stores, especially this time of year, to shop for shirts, pants, sweaters, gloves, etc.? Well, shortpar4.com eliminates that need, delivering clothing every month right to you. And we're talking about the biggest brand names out there like Under Armour, Travis Matthew, Oakley, and many more. We just got a box delivered from shortpar4.com with over $150 in brand name items and apparel, and it was just $45. Still need more? Okay, because you're listening to this as part of Championship Weekend through December the 12th, shortpar4.com wants to take 50% off your first box delivered. Just use the promo code CHAMP at checkout or go to shortpar4.com slash CHAMP and get more details. Again, golfers, save 50% off your first box of big brand apparel with the code CHAMP. Stay out of the stores and let shortpar4.com deliver to you now. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. We are back in. Kevin and I still talking off the air about that Clemson victory over Alabama in the college football playoff championship game. Hunter Renfro is the hero with the game-winning touchdown catch to Sean Watson. I mean, this is immortality in that, in that part of the world. They'll be talking about that for decades in the South with the football and, again, for Alabama. Uh, they were going for a fifth title in eight years. Bama will be back. They will always be back year after year and reload as long as Saban is there. So that's the college football situation. And again, only four NFL divisional round games for Three Dog Thursday. I took two of the Saturday games already with uh, taking both Seattle and Houston. Uh, Kevin also, Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com, is back with me. Um, He took the Houston Texans as well. So that means Kevin is going both underdogs on Sunday. I will pick one of those. So let's begin with Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Steelers off the big win over the Dolphins in the wild card weekend, traveling to Kansas City that obviously had the bye. Rematch of a blowout win by the Steelers, Kevin, as you know, in early October. What do you make of this playoff matchup? Go ahead. Well, with the Chiefs, when you look at their, and again, it's unfair to talk about Marty Schottenheimer and Joe Montana, you know, going way back. But but still, the Chiefs had a lot of problems winning at Arrowhead when it really mattered in the playoffs. And, you know, it's been over 20 years since they've won a playoff game at Arrowhead Stadium. Last year, we saw them win at Houston in the first round before they lost to New England. And we know how sound the Chiefs are with Andy Reid. There's no questioning that. And, you know, at the same time, when you look at Pittsburgh, probably the two most dynamic offensive players on the field are in black and gold with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and both of them had big games last week. You mentioned the blowout at Heinz Field back uh, earlier in the season that that Pittsburgh took care of Kansas City. You know, one of the big questions going into the game would be Ben Roethlisberger's health and as far as the foot goes or the ankle that he injured against the Dolphins. You know, I, I look at the Steelers and, you know, just to get them as a short dog here where you would think Kansas City has a major home field advantage and the line doesn't really reflect that. It's only one and a half. 
I, I think Pittsburgh's probably got to be the look right here on Sunday. Well, and again, they got off to such an explosive start. I know you know that working the Miami Dolphins uh, radio broadcast in the studio that 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 game was bam bam fourteen nothing on the two catches and runs by Antonio Brown. Again, Kansas City, as you mentioned, good at home, very solid on defense, not spectacular on offense, not very good at running the ball. Alex Smith is just kind of okay. They want Tyreek Hill to make some plays, including special teams. Pittsburgh running it with Le'Veon Bell will be a big key uh, in this game. And I, I saw that Chiefs team in November, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as part of their radio broadcast. I watched the game at field level. They don't uh, overwhelm you with the talent. They don't overwhelm you uh, with their ability to wipe people out. Most of their games have been close games, even in victory. So I, I like the Steelers here in this particular spot. I'll take them as my third underdog, Roethlisberger in the playoff experience. Uh, in particular, not throwing interceptions. He was really good last week until last week in his previous five playoff games. Big Ben had had five touchdowns and five interceptions. Well, that ratio went way up with a couple of touchdowns without a pick on uh, on Sunday against the Dolphins. Had the foot injury at the end of the game, appears to be okay. I like Pittsburgh here. I just don't think Kansas City, Kevin, one more thought, is good enough on offense to keep up with the Steelers. I think the Steelers win this game outright. I take them on Three Dog Thursday. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. And, uh, you know, I wonder if Pittsburgh's going to kind of be like a public underdog just because, again, Pittsburgh's more of a national team than Kansas City is. Pittsburgh has more of these fantasy name players than Kansas City does. But, you know, for Andy Reid, we've seen in the playoffs where, you know, in Philadelphia, you've gotten far, but not far enough, where they had home field advantage several times with Donovan McNabb, and they never, you know, they went to the Super Bowl, what, one time? So, as a playoff coach, we know Tomlin has had his ups and downs as well. I, I just look at the Steelers as having the Chiefs number here and uh, taking them as a short dog and basically like a pick and roll. I'll, I'll take Pittsburgh. I agree with you. The Vegas Insider line at the time we're taping is a point and a half. We both like the Steelers. And that leads us to the final game of the divisional round, Green Bay and Dallas. Cowboys off the fantastic regular season, but also off the bye. Green Bay, meantime, a great second half against the Giants. It started really with the Hail Mary at the end of the first half at Lambeau, caught by Randall Cobb. They stepped on the accelerator in the second half behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they have been on a mighty roll for about two months. Packers getting five points, four and a half, five points. Vegas Insider Line actually says four and a half on the latest line. What's your thought on the Packers as the underdog here, Kevin? Well, you know, with Dallas, Dak Prescott's making his first start in the playoffs. I wrote a piece this week on VegasInsider.com about rookie playoff quarterbacks, and there has not been a lot of success with these players. Ben Roethlisberger got the AFC Championship. Mark Sanchez got the AFC Championship. Sean King, your boy, got the NFC Championship yep. with the Buccaneers yep. before they lost to the Rams for Trent Dilfer back in 1999. So we don't see it very often of players having success in their rookie season at quarterback. In fact, it's a 35% straight-up uh, winning percentage that these quarterbacks have had. So that's something to keep in mind with the Cowboys this week. The Packers are playing well. No Jordy Nelson will hurt them in the passing game. But the way Aaron Rodgers has played over the last you know, six, eight weeks has been, I mean, it's remarkable what he's done. So that's something, you know, obviously a quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers, definitely – 
is uh, the standard compared to uh, Dak Prescott just because of the experience and uh, the numbers he's put up. So, you know, Green Bay in this situation, if they could slow down Ezekiel Elliott, then I think that they have a very good chance here to win. And, uh, you know, if not, then they can cover the short number. Uh, no Jordy Nelson, it looks like, with the two broken ribs. Uh, he injured those in the first half of the game with the Giants, did not return. Does it look like he's going to be able to play? They'll officially probably rule him out later on after we've taped this show. Cowboys again. We've seen this. They're going to be, and we keep predicting upsets. And I took Seattle to outright win. I took Pittsburgh to outright win. They're going to be teams this weekend that win Again, having played the first week as a wild card team against a team that has been sitting idle, which Dallas is in this instance, I am concerned for the Cowboys. They may have gotten a little stale. And remember, Prescott didn't even dress for the Eagles finale. Ezekiel Elliott played, what, Kevin, one series in Philadelphia in the regular season finale? I, there's got to be a real concern real quick, right, that the Cowboys might be a little stale in this game uh, against the Packers, at least for the beginning of it, right? Well, and also, too, throughout this nugget, Aaron Rodgers is 5-1 against the spread as an underdog, road underdog, excuse me, in the playoffs in his career. So he steps up in this spot. They were favored last week. They're an underdog here. And, I mean, even with Dallas, how sharp were they? Yes, they beat Detroit in Week 16, but really they weren't that sharp down the stretch. And I'll take away the Eagle game because everyone sat. The game meant nothing. But against Washington on Thanksgiving, they struggled. At Minnesota, they struggled. You know, I don't know. Maybe Dallas played their best football in October, November. And that's a big thing we'll, we'll find out on Sunday. Yeah, we will find that out in the second of the two divisional round games. Green Bay again getting the four and a half for Three Dog Thursday. You reference an article on VegasInsider.com. We've got about 60 seconds left. Tell them more about all the information, not just for the NFL, but everything else that's going on at VegasInsider.com, Kevin. College football's in the books now. You can check out the future odds for uh, next season, and that's the kind of latest thing we have with college football. But obviously, NFL divisional playoffs cranking up. I love all the previews for the weekend up, as well as now college basketball conference play is ongoing, and also NBA is rolling along. And also, TJ, we're not too far away from pitchers and catchers reporting in baseball, so don't forget about that. Coming up uh, next month, there's still a lot going on. As always, very busy time at VegasInsider.com. You can also find us on Twitter, XWitVI, and my personal Twitter handle, VIRogers. Yes, we love Kevin's insight. And again, great information. He gave you that nugget about Rogers on the road as a road underdog against the spread. And we were giving you other stats and facts and figures throughout the show. Find that great information at VegasInsider.com. Follow him at VIRogers on Twitter. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Reminder, if you're subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher, rate this show. Tell other people about this show. It's the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs in college football and the NFL. College season is done. And again, Kevin will take the Houston Texans, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Green Bay Packers as three of the four underdogs. We each had to take three underdogs out of the playoffs this weekend. I like Seattle, the Texans, and the Pittsburgh Steelers to cover. I think Seattle and Pittsburgh went out right. I think Houston keeps it close enough. So does Kevin as well against those Patriots. Kevin, enjoy the divisional round. By the time we talk next week, there'll be four teams left in the NFL vying for the Super Bowl. I look forward to talking with you about that next week on Three Dog Thursday, sir. Sounds good, TJ. Thank you. We are anxious to talk about it all when it unfolds this weekend. Again, follow him at VI Rogers. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Go to threedogthursday.com. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the games, and thank you for being with us on Three Dog Thursday.